Hey guys, welcome to our podcast, The Conscious Kitchen. I'm Liz, a 21st century hippie, and by that I mean I'm into all things plant-based, eco-friendly, but I hug my laptop as much as I hug trees. I'm also a photographer and marketing consultant who works with brands trying to reach conscious consumers around the world. Laura and I call LA home. We know our city and we want to share the stories of women around us. Fashion, lifestyle, politics, inspiration, and food, we'll talk about it all. Hey guys, I'm Laura, a modern day renaissance woman, designer, entrepreneur, and a creative director for all things fashion, music, and lifestyle. I do a little bit of everything. I love beauty, I indulge in wellness, and I love to eat. I can't wait to tell you more. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Conscious Kitchen, guys. We have an amazing guest today. goes by the name of Taja Riley. She's an extremely talented dancer who is known for her bold and eccentric personality on social media as well as the dance floor, who's rose to fame on tour with stars like Janet Jackson, Chris Brown, Kanye West. She worked on shows like So You Think You Dance and X Factor USA. She's also even helped on tours like the Miss Carter Tour for Beyonce, guys, which is insane. She's currently traveling globally, teaching her dance classes and mentoring dancers worldwide. She just finished shooting a top secret movie. And Taja's just always the center of the party and has such a big warm heart and a smile wherever she goes. Yes. Welcome, Taja. <laughs> Welcome, Taja. Said it while I'm smiling the entire time. <laughs> I'm such a like loser five-year-old, but it's all right. <laughs> we love you, Taja. Taja lights up every room with all her love and energy <laughs> thanks for yes. having me you guys so great yes, to be and here thanks. yeah and we just launched our podcast today so thank you so much and this is a celebratory recording oh yeah <laughs> i'm yeah. into it it's for so many reasons actually like i haven't seen you guys in over probably about like 10 12 like i think laura i haven't seen you way like it's it's in been way longer than yeah. i've seen liz but yeah, yeah maybe a year plus year know? plus year plus yes <laughs> yes but it's good to be here it's good to see you welcome um, to la yeah welcome to la <laughs> welcome back thank you thank you thank you thank you yeah so let's just get right into it okay do you have any questions for me <laughs> of course yeah so taja you know You've been a very successful dancer for a long time, but recently you took a hiatus. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us about your hiatus and why and why that occurred? Yeah, um, it's kind of been like in this past year has been like a really challenging (laughs) and overwhelming and sometimes journey for me because of this hiatus didn't really like come about just because of like being out of work. Uh, it was just I and it's weird because like when anybody ever asks me even just about the whole moving to London and stuff, then it's kind of like it's a new refreshing uh, question for me where I'm like, OK, what do I tell them like that? I was in a cult and that's literally just how the conversation starts. of just like, yeah, I was in a cult like and that's like the same answer I have to this question of being like in this in this hiatus um i left this industry because of um religious beliefs at the time um kind of drawing me to kind of pull away and i was actually engaged to be married which was um kind of bizarre Um, it it came all of a sudden yeah very all of a sudden for all of my friends all my family it was just kind of off guard um 
And it was even off guard for me, but um, I somehow thought it was going to be all right uh, to to go in it head first with um, the way that he interpreted religion, um, the person that I was with. And I originally had met him um, when I was way younger and then we reconnected. And so it's like one of those fairy tales, y'all, like when you're like, Oh, like uh, he came and he found me after years and years and years of us being pulled apart, like, yeah. you know, some notebook shit, you know, <laughs> but like, but that's, you know, what ended up happening was kind of getting sucked into this uh, interpretation of religion and this interpretation of how you're supposed to live life and slowly being manipulated and forced into a lifestyle where I sacrificed pretty much everything that I knew uh, previously to meeting him um, about my life and what, yeah. what I thought my purpose was. And um, yeah, I, th- I, I truly believe that, you know, even though it's not his fault, I'm like, I'm not blaming him or anything, um, but he, I don't think he loved actually anything about me. Um, I think he constantly, like, he wanted to change me. He wanted to change the way I did everything to become his wife. And um, also the same, like, it was just, like, something that he probably wouldn't admit. But, you know, that wow. through that manipulation. So, it, so, so this, this religion, this this organized religion so i mean would you consider it like a cult or was it like something more intense or oh yeah uh so like a cult to the technical definition would be like if the person that's at the top of the the food chain Mm -hmm. is like the the a man it's not like a divine power a divine being and um i think even Mm. though he was like praising you know um god um all of the interpretations were coming directly from him. It wasn't something that mm-hmm. we were getting from God. And even though he didn't push, like push the beliefs onto him in a way, it was more of like a slow brain brainwash, which at a point in time, he actually did say, yeah, I am brainwashing you guys. He <laughs> and did admitted to that. that. <laughs> yeah. He was like, yeah, I'm washing so your brain yeah, of let's, everything. Let's rewind a little bit. So, yeah. so you... Yeah. So you had met this guy years ago. Yeah, yeah. And then you guys reconnected and you guys had a romance. Yeah. And then when did he start telling you, oh, come to church with me or come to, you know, these organized meetings with me? Right. How did that, how did that occur? So it wasn't like necessarily organized meetings. Like, I feel like, I don't know if, I, like, I haven't been in like five cults, but uh, for what I was in, like, it wasn't like it started off with, like a going to church or going to these meetings or things okay. like that. It started with him just introducing the beliefs to me. Okay. And um, just kind of allowing me to sort of lead the way. But the way that he originally lured me in was saying that God told him that I was supposed to be his wife. And even when he proposed right. to me, um, he which was like, totally low key, like ambush because yeah. like he surprised me with, other people, family members being around, taping it. His dad was there his taping family. it. Your family as his well? His family. Okay. No, his dad was there taping it. He asked my family to come and none of them wanted to be a part of it. Mm. Um, but like, yeah, like he, 
he had his dad taping it. And then after the proposal, like I felt like I had to say yes. I didn't want to embarrass anybody. And mm. um, and then when we pulled away, I was like, I don't think this is a good idea. It just feels like it's too soon. Yeah. And I don't know if I want to do that right now. And he was like, well, God told me to do it. So that's why I did. And so I wow. just felt very um, manipulated by that communication mm-hmm. that okay, I guess I just have to go with it. And, you know, I think truly when you are um, learning about something um, and you're open and you want to believe, you know, you Mm want to trust people. And I trust, like, until somebody gives me a reason not to. And sometimes that works for me and sometimes it works against me. Um, I don't think it's a bad decision to just outright trust Mm -hmm. people. But I think as you start to learn your ways around the world, you find out that you really have to have a deep sense of intuition before you allow yourself to make that um, a rule or unspoken rule. (laughs) But so what what occurred for you to really feel like, okay, this is way past my boundaries. This is unhealthy. The red flags. Is there anything that, yeah, the red flag. Um, Because I feel like women, it's so so easy for women to get lured into that. I feel like, especially when you're so in love with someone, you kind of get blindsided. And I feel like, I don't know what it is. I feel like the West Coast has like, like is notorious for like these type of cults yeah I don't know like uh, I don't know are you asking like about like okay what was like the candy get in the the van with the candy kind of thing are you talking about yeah like how did you know that it was like unhealthy for you to like to be in this type of organized situation there's something wrong well that was yeah that was way further down that was like a year into it and I almost committed suicide that was like my wake-up call so that was um something that I was just like because for me um the past you know uh, since I had been out here in LA I slowly started to drip drip into that life of like drugs partying all the time Mm -hmm. um I went through a couple of struggles like outside of my work Um, where I just felt that was my best escape. And it wasn't really like I was addicted to drugs, but um, it wasn't necessarily drugs that were were really the addiction. Mm -hmm. Like um, it was more of like a conduit or like the variable place there. But Mm -hmm. the real addiction was my control, like control of self-mutilation, control to turn certain parts of myself off just because I like my mind operates at a different frequency than other people. Like I'm able to create multiple different types of things at once. I already always have those spiritual creative forces. I am like an open vessel. And I did not understand that at a young age. Mm -hmm. And people, people, because I didn't have another person further along down the line than me that experienced the same thing with their gifts, Mm -hmm. I felt like I was crazy. And so I didn't really have, yeah, I didn't really have the outlet to be able to shut it off. So I had, you know, to use other forces to help Mm -hmm. shut it off because I was hearing voices all the time of what to do or where to go and things like I think that when you're really tapped in like that and uh, you're clairaudient or um, clairvoyant or Mm -hmm. anything like that uh, is connected to the supernatural, more receptive Mm -hmm. to the supernatural or things happening in the astral or the causal planes, you need to have somebody around you uh, to let you know this is okay. And when you hear this or when you see this or when you feel this, like, 
know that you're good and you can come talk to so-and-so or you can talk to whatever like I mean for me being an empath me knowing that like from a young age a lot of people thought that I was an indigo child and still do I think that I think I am um it's very very possible I have a lot in common with those those types of people um but then there's this whole supernatural aspect to it that um I'm I'm now comfortable with but I was not before and yeah. so that was my way of turning it off and through that whole entire time I'm I'm saying this to say I was in such a good place still like even with being at my rock bottom like of drugs felt. I was still so happy enthusiastic excited had a ton of friends around me mm-hmm. um I had a great tribe you know you guys were part of that tribe Mm -hmm. you know like there was so many uh wonderful things in my life even though that was like the sloppy um like you know uh gray gray area that i went into but with this this was like polar opposite you know it became this like wait the chance that i have to get closer to a spiritual being i get this dark like that doesn't make any sense you know right i go i'm trying to go towards the light that that was the that was the point Mm -hmm. that was the breaking point wow and i and i'm super thankful that you are mentioning this because you know i mean we're all part of that that party scene and it does get dark and, and very from the outside perspective, it can be very nice and pleasant and look really good, but it, sometimes it could be really dark yeah. and drugs and drinking and partying and being and constantly stimulating ourselves in LA is just, it gets overwhelming sometimes. It becomes sometimes. so routine. Yeah. You know, and there's so a whole easy. lot of people that just don't um, tell anybody anything. Right. Like they just don't tell it. Yes. Like we're like a big crowd of like, LA is so popular for that. Like yeah. a big crowd of the it's all fine. <laughs> it's all it's all <laughs> it's good, fine. baby. It's, it's all great. Like and like, do you see yeah. my Instagram? It's popping. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Instagram is a big uh, catalyst to that whole mm-hmm. uh, suicide generation, or mm-hmm. like the apocalyptic generation of like the self apocalyptic generation of like you just you just would kill yourself then. You know what I mean? Like you just oh, you, you messed up, like, or you broke up with your boyfriend, you cheated on your boyfriend, or he exposed some nudes of you. Okay, kill yourself. Like, that. that is literally, and how crazy does that sound? Yeah, it but does, yeah. that is people's thought processes now. Oh, yeah. my God, like, pe- everybody found out that I have fake boobs. Okay, kill yourself. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and that yeah. was, you know... Again, like, and I'm, I'm speaking on this not to shame anybody, mm-hmm. but I'm speaking on it because I think the awareness of mm-hmm. uh, going past autopilot is so important. And that's been like half of my focus and in, in this journey of gathering my pieces back of yeah. just like being off autopilot. Like, it's not, hey, how are you? Like, change it up a bit. Like, yo, like let's do some conversation starters like like disrupt 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 the the autopilot um well like i said like the disruption was the the suicide and right right before right before that it was um him calling off the wedding he like called off the wedding because he injured his ankle and was like that's the reason why (laughs) he was like this is a sign that we should not get married. And this is like after me, like sacrificing so much for him, like changing so many things 
Uh, we tell merged us, our bank about accounts. Some, yeah, like, tell us about some of the things that you changed. Because, oh my you know, gosh. You were, you were, you know, always dancing, always, always had gigs. You had been doing so much. And yeah. then all of a sudden. No more DJing, just, no more dancing, yeah. no more dance gigs. I quit my job. I um, merged our bank accounts. I gave our money, like, to him and I gave away my apartment to my ex-ex-ex that was, mm-hmm. that you guys know, um, <laughs> that was absolutely probably the worst person to give it to uh, mm-hmm. I gave it to him and then like gave away my car stopped paying my credit cards because they told me not to put uh, credit card uh, debits or like um, so you were giving all your money basically I was give- to like this. yeah we were surviving me and um, my ex-fiance mm-hmm. we were surviving off of only 10% of of our uh, income which wow. at the time he wasn't making any so um, yeah so it was just my income wow Mm-hmm. And how many people were a part of this organization? Honestly, as far as who was in the ministry home, it was about like seven or eight of us. But he had a whole following of peop- of like guys from Ohio that he was coaching. Um, he used to coach them in basketball. That was like kind of how the whole cult originated. Um, he felt he had this calling from the Lord to do his work and, you know, introduce uh, this to other men um specifically in the athletic field he had started doing this and he had like a claim to fame because one of the people that he trained ended up in the nba so all these younger men and men that were the age of that guy Mm -hmm. they would flock they flocked to him because they were like he has the coaching that i need to get to the next level of my athleticism. So they would go to him for the coaching and then, yes, and then and they would, would end up... And he would introduce them to the Lord. And, and I'm saying that like with a quote unquote. Um, I know this is an audio. <laughs> I'm like, to the Lord with yeah. the quotations on the side. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, but uh, that was his deal. It was like, if yeah. you want to be trained by me, then you need to be with the Lord. And yeah. you have to be open to having these Bible studies. And I guess they started off with doing like 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. trainings, which was always pretty early. And then yeah. they switched it to like uh, what they call like the fourth watch trainings, like which started at like 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he was training these guys like they would do the Bible study and then they he would train the guys and they would talk about the Lord some more. And over time, like some of the guys just felt uh, from my pers- from what I learned from mm-hmm. them, some of the guys just felt like this was crazy and that um and or their family members or their parents would get really angry um mm-hmm. because of the way it changed their thinking and um how impressionable they were malleable they were to this man mm-hmm. and um right, these men right. were like like selecting him as like the father figure like yeah. he was becoming a father figure I think that's them. that's pretty common. I think with cults, right? You know, it's yeah. people. It's they gravitate towards that one person because th- there is that lack of of that sense of direction. Yeah, probably. and maybe in their home they felt like maybe. they weren't getting that, uh, but for whatever reason it flocked to them, and eventually the parents got so over it that. Um, they stopped talking to the to like them? they pulled their kids out and they okay. almost like you know when you have like an unofficial excommunication where like it's like it's not like you can't go there but it's you know that nobody wants you there right. and that he got that sense from like all these men leaving and they were angry and they they like they were wanting to fight him they yeah. were wanting to uh, push him out and so 
Uh, he said that he got a calling from the Lord to come to L.A., but I truly feel like one of the reasons he came there was because he was not wanted in Ohio anymore. Mm. And there were people that I'm followed sure. him from that to, sure. to L.A. That's typically what they do, move around mm-hmm. from place to place. Yep. Uh, was there other women a part of the that Just the women that were associated with the men. With the men. There weren't women that were coming there on their own. It was like they... All the ones that I knew, right. they were associated through one of the men that were following him. Are the women, are the other women well, that you knew still in it? In it? Uh, I don't talk to them anymore. I haven't yeah. spoken to them. It's almost a year now. Right. I haven't spoken to them. And um, yeah, it will be a year, like come September 1st, probably. I mean, it's so, it's it's captivating, you know, and... And and so at this turning point of this kind of really dark low point of your life, like, like how did you guys get out of it? Or how did you pull yourself away from it? Well, after the whole suicide thing, I mm-hmm. kind of went on like suicide watch with my mom. My mom would call me like every day, like three times a day. It was just like, I would not hear the end of it. I, I developed a much stronger relationship with my mom in that time though. So I'm very thankful yeah. for that. But at the same time, um, it took a really, really long time for her to like slowly pull away with even just like checking in once a day. Like she really had to make sure I was okay, okay, okay. And yeah. I wasn't gonna do anything crazy um but yeah i just uh i decided after um having that i had this like meditative build like i gave myself like 24 hours i was like okay we're gonna sleep on this because it was just like it was so overwhelming the amount of negative forces and energies that i was hearing of voices telling me to do it and um I remember I was like, you know, in my, on my bedside and um, I saw this pen and I swear somebody was talking to me and telling me to do it. Just like jab it, you know, and um, yeah, like jab it in my neck and like just like it's that's it. It's very simple. Yeah. Very quick. Nobody will see you like and. Um, and do you think those the, the, those voices came from you being so unhappy? Just No, so... I think it was truly manifestations because. Mm-hmm. Going, going into something, no matter what you believe, right? Because we are creators. Like, we are in charge of our universe. Our universe is within us, you know? Mm-hmm. Everything that we're seeing is a direct reflection of what's going on from in, within us, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just more tangible. Like, even in your dream world, everything is you, you know? When you wake up and you're waking life, everything is still you. It's just in a more tangible form. Everything that you're attracting to, everything you're bringing into your life, it is you that's controlling it. And um, when you know that power, you can you can yield that power to your advantage, mm-hmm. you know? But when you don't know that power and you are wholeheartedly believing that, you know, if you drive on the Laurel Canyon canyons that you're gonna crash you will crash and you believe that wholeheartedly, you'll never drive on those canyons. And if you do, you will probably get in an accident. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. and there's so many instances where you hear that from friends of like, I just thought something was bad was going to happen and then something bad did happen. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all from you. It Mm -hmm. all comes from you. And so uh, in learning all of that, I just like kind of discovered that whatever it is that I was being pushed to believe, it was manifesting and bringing those energies forth to me and attracting them. So if I uh, believe that if I did well, 
then these energies would come and this would manifest and my prayers would be answered, then then it would happen. Or if I believe that if I, I don't know, I'll just say for example, because this is something that I struggled with of just like not um, pleasuring myself, of not like uh, giving myself my desires. Mm -hmm. And I felt that any time that I did try and give myself a desire, that something bad or terrible or negative would happen. And it would. It really, during really that, would. During that time? During that time, yeah, really would. And it was extreme. And, you know, it was almost in a way, it was like I was collecting all of this uh, data or evidence of if I don't live my life this way, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. And I think because my ex-fiance, he was in this cult. He's been in this cult for six years, going on seven now. Um, and, and he's still He's in still it. in it. And yeah. I, I remember asking him once, like, you know, what do you think is going to happen to you if you, like, just kind of do whatever, like, do whatever you used to do, like, you know, like, right. kind of just, like, live your life however you want to live it, and he was like, I know too much now, I know, I know too much, like, if I try and go back to the way that I used to do things, or the way, way that I used to live life, I would die, they would kill me. He literally believed wholeheartedly, like, that mm. demons would come, attack him, and, and is that because the guy tells him that or is that just him no interpreting? it's him interpreting and you know like after a while you know i can't really speak for him fully but i would venture to say that he deprived himself for so long mm -hmm. of his desires sacrificing so many things doing things a way that was unorthodox to him or didn't sound right or it just was off you know but he still did them because of the father figure that he had or developed over that time and his dad wasn't really uh super involved in his life you know so hey i mean like i would i would get depressed too if that was i would felt like i was alone and at times he felt like he was alone because he felt like he was the only one really following them to yeah. the 100 percent degree which is why he was like the co-cult leader in training you know mm. like he was following them the most like highest percentage out of all the other men that had been following this man so did so, they w once you decided to leave did they harass you harass me back? yeah how did that go no it was more i slowly weaned myself out and then uh there was an incident that happened um i slowly weaned myself out and um there was actually like this incident that happened with my ex-fiance where he he decided well God, he said, God told him that we we can't kiss anymore. So we weren't, we never did it. Like we were waiting until marriage to do that. Uh -huh. And um, I became a born again virgin kind of thing. Okay. And um, which to a certain extent, I believe in the spirit that you can do that. Uh, but in the physical, like, <laughs> I know what it feels like. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that was kind of his thing. And he said that, you know, we are not gonna kiss anymore because that was wrong for us to do. And God doesn't want us doing that anymore. And I just thought that was a whole bunch of crock of poop. And yeah. that, you know, I was like not willing, I was at that point where it's like that, that last straw point where I was just like, I'm not sacrificing anything else for you. So mm -hmm. if you can't bend on this, then, I just I can't do it. I can't do it. Like yeah. it, like and we were postponing the marriage until like way later in the summer or and then it changed to it might be next year. And I was like if I'm not marrying you right now cuz I was like in this phase of 
I just want to have sex at this point. <laughs> I'm just trying to get laid because I haven't gotten laid <laughs> because of you. <laughs> right. And you told, and and you told I them I was that. just like, yeah, I was like, I feel like I'm being deprived of intimacy and being affectionate with you. And I was like, and if we're not getting married this year, there's no way. I was like, I'm going to go a whole year without being intimate with you when we were intimate, like yeah. when we showed affection to each other. It's next it's going to be we can't hold hands. Right. Next it's going to be we can't stand next to each exactly. other. Exactly. Or whatever. Yeah whatever he chooses it to be and that's why it became it became so contradictory that it was like only when it suits you Mm -hmm. do you follow god's plan when it doesn't suit you you don't do that so you're not a man you're a boy you're a little boy that's trying to manipulate and yield or wield it into your way in your form and how did he take all that um, so he took it and he was stubborn about it and i i was like you know if if we're not going to be kissing then i think that we need to see other people and i think that we need to take a break and he was okay with that and he was okay with it and i was furious because but in a way he was relieved i was relieved in a way but i was furious at the time because it was just like wow fight for me you're not gonna fight you're not gonna fight at all yeah and um he was like if i did make that sacrifice then i would be putting you um on a pedestal over god and i'm not gonna do that wow and i respect that i respected that but at the same time i was like then we are not seeing eye to eye Therefore, we cannot be together. And so many things had changed in like those two months from when he called the wedding off to at that point when he said all of that stuff that I was literally like, I am washing my hands of all of this because I even in the past two months, I feel more myself than ever. And the fact that you're not willing to do these things, doing this, just this, like that lets me know that my whole life is going to revolve around a person that will not have any compromise yeah. or think of a solution where we can both create, be creative and get our, our ways. And, yeah. um, and so yes. you packed your bags and no, like I wasn't no. living with him. He oh, didn't have, living. he doesn't have his own place. And, oh. um, so we were living, I was homeless. Own. No, I was homeless, uh, for a year. So where, so where were you? Living? I was crashing on couches and of your, uh, like sleeping your in my car. Your yeah. friends' couches? Yeah. Uh, my friends, my sister, um, what else? Uh, I was in a, because we were in a ministry home together. So when I gave up my apartment, I was in a ministry home with them. And then uh, we all got sent to do God's work. Um, mm-hmm. They said they weren't going to renew a le- the lease or whatever. And they were going to spread to somewhere else um, in a location that they did not tell any of us. And they said, we have to go our separate ways and do God's work. And then we reconvene pretty much in the summer, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And so my task was to make amends with my dad before joining with my husband. So I moved in with my dad in Vegas and was like surviving off of $100 for like, I think I was like two months, almost two months. Um, And where was that 100 coming from? Because you weren't working at that point. People were, I guess, another quote unquote, blessing us uh, with money at that point. Mm -hmm. Like we were just getting money from... uh, like p- other people that were in within the congregation. So he was collecting all the money and then and then t- giving some of and it out. And then we were tithing it. So like, right. you know, we would receive, maybe we would receive um, $200 or $2,000. And then we would give 80% of that away. Right. So, wow. yeah. 
because your story is super it's like my mouth is open (laughs) (laughs) and 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 it's just it's something that people need to hear because this is just you I mean you're such a, a awesome amazing woman and for you to be drawn into this by someone you love yeah is just it's 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 hard it's it, you need to put it all together or the idea you know? of love and, that like I think right. some people right. and me included I couldn't find the separation between actually being in love with somebody and the idea of what love could create mm-hmm. and I think there I was so in love with the idea of having you know, this person and living a pure life and, uh, you know, uh, being blessed, living the blessed life or feeling like, in a sense, creating a history um, as being part of the New Testament that hasn't been written yet. Because that was like something that uh, they were all convinced of. And I, too, was part of that, like thinking that, you know, we were rewriting or writing the new chapters of the Bible, right. of the the times, the ending times mm-hmm. of, you know, everybody kind of knowing, like in this congregation, mm-hmm. knowing the full truth, because um, that's what they they believed, that they knew the full truth interpretation of the Bible. So what, what's your spiritual practice like now? Now, yeah. my spiritual practice is pizza yeah. and kombucha. <laughs> no, no, like, I mean, I I think that with getting up in the morning, there's a way that I like to start my morning. There's a way that I like to end the day. Um, certain energies or things I have to have around, like my creative habit for choreography involves nature. I have to be around nature, feel it, take it in, be present in it. Um, I live a more conscious, uh, which some people would call maybe procrastination if they were not fully tapped into whatever spiritual forces are working on their team, mm-hmm. uh, which I will I will refer to my spiritual forces as my team. So my team um, specifically, I have great communication with right now, and it's still growing. Um, but I feel like I'm in a good flow um, with them, and um, I try and do things based on 24 hours so that I'm not stressed out. When it's there, it's there. And I do what I can for what I know with what I can work with. And then I allow them to go get the rest from me through the universe and put those things together. And um, it's been working for me really well. Um, so That's amazing. at the end of- I see you dance. Go ahead. I see you dancing and, and, and all your amazing stories you have on your Instagram about like being the middle child and everything. <laughs> it's just, you're, it's so, it's super delightful and really, it's really refreshing because I do feel like you disrupt like how the flow of like someone's Instagram story should be. You like kind of disrupt that with your own- Take on like, <laughs> one. Yeah, your own wondrous imagination of Taja, you know? <laughs> Taja has it's this fun. honesty about her, which is, you know, why why we're talking to you today and how, how we're getting yes. so much good information out of you because yeah. you're honest, you know, you live with love and yeah. that is what makes you so special and unique. I think it's so important too. Um, and I didn't really used to um, accept that part of myself, but I really honestly, if you would have known me um, for like the listeners out there, if you would have known me like, two years ago 
I'm a completely different person. So it's like I died to myself when I went into this cult. I also, I feel like I died that night that I almost committed suicide. I really, really feel like that part, that chapter, whatever that was, that soul, it was it was um, exercised out of me or whatever, but mm-hmm. but I died. I definitely did because I know that this, whatever this rebirth has been for me in this journey has been so magnified. Everything around me feels like I'm like 100% on shrooms all the time. <laughs> like it's so, it's so vibrant. It's so lovely. Even like I love stupid that. parts, like really like parts that I don't want to go through. Oh, I no. still love it because it's yeah. like, yes. oh my gosh, it's just so much content. It's like so, it's a movie. It's and like it's all a movie. your choice too. You it's know, all it's your like choice. you're really getting yeah. to to live your life again. It's all your choice, yeah. I, and I, I think and I think it's great. And and you know, I think that just like yeah, living with true honesty, and you can re and you write your own destiny, and and you and you're doing it every day. You're traveling the world, meeting all these new people, teaching all these people, touring with all these like amazing artists around the world, and it's just it's it's very inspiring. Thank you. you know? Yeah. So how did you when once it was time for you to get back into into your work? Yeah. How did you enter that world again? Because I'm sure you know you, that hiatus. It's in a like way, sometimes people slow. people forget about you when you're not around all the time. It's a still yeah. slow process because, I mean, not slow, but uh, sorry, uh, required patience type mm-hmm. um, process. Because uh, when I first started out, uh, like I said, I was homeless. Uh, I was crashing on couches. I was house sitting. I was cat sitting. Uh, I tapped into, I like, I sold my DJ equipment so that I could actually come back to LA. And then I put myself on three apps. I asked for my car back from my sister, but my car was also in like surrender mode. <laughs> okay. Like, cause I hadn't paid six months of it due to being in the cult. Oh, okay. So um, I was in a limited time of being in my car. So yeah. I was like, okay, let's try and make all of this last avoid all the phone calls coming to my phone and let's like go hard in the paint. So I signed up with Postmates, signed up with Instacart, uh, got a babysitting job as well. And I was doing that around the clock. If I wasn't sleeping in my car, I was sleeping in my sister, on my sister's couch at my friend's place or whatever. And I was like doing Postmates for like 18 hours a day and then Instacart for six hours a day sometimes, like literally, and then start Starbucks in between if I took breaks take a little nap here and there and that was my life for like the whole summer and then I saved up enough money to surrender my car so I watched my car get repossessed at Rite Aid and it was fire it was so lit and then (laughs) and then I then I went to go get a car I already had like a new car that I had gotten um through like some really like um questionable dealership Uh, but yeah but I managed to get another car and I saved up money to do that so I had like uh, not a lot uh, on me Mm -hmm. like to my name and um, made it work and I just like I really really went full throttle and I ended up meeting somebody um, through going to one of my sister's boxing classes and he showed me love in a way that I've never experienced before and I got to really be my full self with him and he accepted every part of that and um, it it was a very intense love that I went into and that's what kind of made me take this pause of like you went from 
having a fiance, now ex-fiance, and you thought that that was the one and he literally took you for everything and um, did not like anything about you genuinely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Really love. He tried, to, he he tried to change everything. Yeah. So even if he loved me, it was more he loved the idea of me turning into this type of woman. Mm-hmm. And I like, and then I switch up and I meet this man that came out of nowhere, I feel like, but obviously our paths were meant to cross and, and he loved me absolutely just the way that I was and accepted every single part. And I was very erratic when I first came out of the cult because, every, like I said, everything was so magnified. Right. Yeah. So I was just like, yeah. oh, let's do this. And oh, my God. And I'm creating, like, songs. And I'm, like, writing. And I'm doing poetry. And I'm choreographing. And I'm yeah. dancing. And yeah. let's make some art. Wow. Okay, let's go uh, improv in the middle of, like, the Grove. Like, weird stuff. Like, you know, like, I was just, I yeah. was on a high. You just had super to exp- high. You had to express yourself. Because pleasure is about expression. It was like, I think all those spiritual forces were like, we haven't been around for a really, like you've been shutting us off for a long time and you're on back order. Like there there are so many things that have been ordered for your destiny that you did not fulfill within this time. So we're going to give you all of it. And it was literally like, that's how I felt. Everything was coming at me. I mean, the story is like, please write a book one day. I am writing it already. (laughs) Okay. Okay, good. We love to share with people that listen with us, just if anybody ever goes through something like this, this cataclysmic in their life, yeah. can you give any advice for men, advice for women just to, to even come out of something like this? I can like just, share based on my ex, uh, perspective. Cause I feel like every individual is different and there's different variables um, and different truths that are within their path that brought them to whatever point they got to where it was detrimental to their lives. But usually I feel what I've learned is uh, when something like that happens, um, it's usually a sign or a symbol that there was probably a better way to learn learn the lesson without having to go through what I went through. Mm -hmm. So I feel if I can offer any kind of advice to somebody that's in some something cataclysmic like this, or it's slowly approaching that you have to listen and not just listen, like in the physical, you have to listen in the spiritual, Mm -hmm. you have to listen mentally, you have to be you have to take a beat, (laughs) gather whatever, whatever strength that you can to just be still because I know that takes a lot of energy to just be still. So everybody always wants to do something, have their hands fiddled or twiddled on something. I think that the best thing you can do for yourself is be still, is to be still, go back to the drawing board of when did I first start hearing that or feeling this sense of I should not be a part of this mm-hmm. or I should not be there. And right, don't be so hasty to go into like the decision making for your life without consulting with that first. And if you don't have, if you're not a very spiritual person, I would suggest um, gaining more knowledge then. Mm-hmm. Because if it's a, gonna be a logical thing for you, I mean, like I know people say a bunch of times, like I felt like I couldn't talk to my parents. Uh, dude, your genes are 50% your mom, 50% your dad. So True. if your parents are living, you are part of them and you will find out <laughs> and one way or another you are 
exactly like them. And like you in mean, your case, exactly. you know, like something like this brought you and your mom closer together. Closer. You know, it's every everything happens for a reason. You Absolutely. know, and every, everything is all kind of tied and. It's all tied yes. together. And I do believe in a sense of whatever your forefathers or generations before you within your bloodline have not figured out, uh, it gets passed down. Mm-hmm. So if they don't conquer it and they don't solve it, I feel like in a way it gets passed down in some form I love to that. you. Yeah, so, like, like this karmic this karmic hustle, you know? Yeah, it's like a generational... Uh, well, they call yeah. it like generational curses, but I think it's a generational blessing because we get the yeah. opportunity to do it over and over and over I know. again I, with everything. I, I, say this, I say this all the time to Liz. I was like, we have all the knowledge from all of our great ancestors. They all worked really hard to get us yeah. to this point, yeah. and now we have all that knowledge. You we know? have all of it, and I think we use like five percent of it and i think we can do better i think i can do better um i I won't speak for everybody but it's like you said the intuition part you know it's like that is such a big catalyst for we know a lot of things deep inside we just got to listen to it yeah are you working on any exciting choreography projects choreography projects i just did choreography for my dope friend taylor parks uh she's an artist she was on tour with anderson pock opened up for anderson pock she also opened up for lizzo beating so if you don't know and you're not a taylor tot um you should definitely look up her ig and see what she's about see her music she has an album her debut album is out right now it's called we need to talk and um, her IG handle is T A Y L A P A R X Taylor Parks. Taylor Parks. Um, and she is so colorful and vibrant spirit. And my family, she's been a family friend for a really long time. And Amazing. She asked me to do some choreography and movement direction for her song uh, called Rebound that will be coming out very very soon. Nice. So look out that. for that music video. Um, is there anybody that you really want to work with post? You know, now everything you're back up and running. And is there someone that you have your your heart set on? Heart set on. I think that for me, um, it's more so just the expansion of my career in general of wanting to dive more into acting because I I, I truly love that. I love acting and I love dancing. And um, really, actually, I can tell you about this job. Um, I booked my first acting role, um, guest appearance as it's acting and dancing uh, for this Disney show that's in Paris called Find Me in Paris. And um, it's popular for like eight to 12 year old demographic, like I think also to like 13, 14. Um, But yeah, I'm gonna be in that. And so if you wanna look for me in that, that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah, babe. Your energy, you're such a vessel of just of just pure expression and love. And just hearing the roller coaster story of your life, you know, from dancing for Beyonce to being in this cult to, <laughs> you know, living out of your car. And now you're on the show in, of a Disney show in Paris. Like it yeah. just shows you that if you have perseverance and the will to do better and to get yourself out of these dark places that you, you're a perfect example of that shining light, Thank following you. light, you know? Thank you. Yeah. It's just staying honest with yourself, yeah. staying honest. That's just focusing on that alone stay honest with yourself like it doesn't matter what else we're doing with these platforms like i know social media is a huge business tool now Mm. and um just being in the up and up of like doing something of being current of being relevant but i think sometimes we can lose that tact of let's be honest do i really need to do this right now 
or our force is pushing me to do this just because somebody else is doing this right now. Because right. our own individual path is our path. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Not everything is part of your path. And I think because we're exposed to so many other people's paths that we feel like that has to be part of our path too. They're all, I want to do that. Why am I not doing that? Right. I want to do this. And they're not all part of our path. No. Yeah. It's true. So. Thank you so much, Tasha. Is yeah. there anything else that you would like to to give advice to any maybe possible young dancers that are trying to pursue their 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 career in dance? For any young dancers out there, uh, what I've what I'm always like learning um, is that you never want to sit down at a table that you can't walk away from. Um, if you feel like you're being put in a position where, and this, I think this happens a lot in the industry where we're saying yes to a low key financial situation, just because it may give us ends meet just for a week, two weeks, you know, and we're not looking at the bigger picture. Um, sometimes we can feel a little pressured by that to feel like we have to take the job and they have this power over us or they start treating you a certain way on the job. And um, just from my experiences of uh, having the career that I have been blessed with, um, you call the shots all the time, 100% of the time. And if you're getting yourself into a situation where you feel like you could be manipulated or that somebody can put a power struggle on you, you need to make sure you're prepared for yourself to leave. So any outcome of any situation you're getting yourself into, really think about, is this something that I'd be willing to leave? If Amazing. Yeah. Um, Thank you so much, babe. Wow. Yeah, thanks, man. (laughs) Thanks for having me, you guys. Yes. Good to see you. You're amazing. And and so, and people can find you at Taja Riley? Yeah, people can find me at Taja Riley. Um, That's my Instagram. And I guess that's it. That's it. You gotta go. Peace out. Bye, guys. Bye. Stay tuned for the next one.